Hello. Hello. Hi. Hello. Buddy the Elf, what's your favorite color? Who's there? I'm talking. Hello. Hello, this is Captain Sharp. Over. Monster Zing, please hold. Who is this? Napoleon Dynamite. Who? You know what this is. This is Ethan Hunt. This is Gru. Hi, this is Joe Fox. Who's this? This is Jason Bourne. Wait a minute, give me somebody else. Ghostbusters, what do you want? Can you bring me my chopstick? Negative. Do you know who this is? The worst nightmare. Uh, you know what? I should probably run. My other line is ringing. Now, wait a minute. Just hold on. Listen, we can do this the easy way or the hard way. Okay, okay. Look, um, where are you? I'm sitting in my office. Where are you? I'm in a glass case of emotion. I will look for you. I will find you. And I will kill you. All right, look, man. All right, hold up, hold up. Calm down, calm down. I'm trying to hook you up, man. I'm on your side, man. What, what's the problem? Well, well, I can't hear you very well. Come closer to the telephone. Sheriff's office, please. This is it. Come in, this is Bird. it. Quiet, 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 quiet. All right. What is the transmission? At the movies. At the movies. What? He claimed he was at the movies. Slow down now. What? At the movies. Let me ask you something. Can I ask you something? Are you coming? I'll go. Pardon me? I'll go. Excellent. All right, this is great. So what are you saying? Join me? Absolutely. Terrific. Can you believe this is happening? Can't believe it. I'll pick you up. Well, just tell her to come get me. Who do you want to invite? People. They knew we were coming, man. They knew we were coming and- We were coming to see you. When? What, right now? Now! No, 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 no. When? Wait a minute, uh, let me write this down. Good morning, church family. I look forward to being with you next week as we start at the movies. Uh, let me tell you a little bit of at the movies and kind of why we do what we do. At the movies is low-hanging fruit and easy invite for everybody to invite someone to church. It's fun for the whole family. And you know what? Church ought not be boring. We can have fun. And really, at the movies is just a modern day of the way Jesus taught Jesus taught in parables, and the whole word parable means to tell a truth and come alongside it with a story, and that's what we're doing. We're going to be unpacking biblical truths that are tucked away in some of Hollywood's biggest blockbusters, and we're going to combine those things and find real practical handlebars, biblical truth in cinema, and so I hope you'll join us. It'll be four weeks in October. In the meantime, today uh, we have a treat Last week, I said to you, we made the announcement that Pastor Stephen Courtney, who's been on staff for almost eight years, uh, working in connections and spiritual formation and next steps, also has overseen the staff at the Lufkin location over the last many months. Uh, Pastor Stephen is transitioning to be a full-time missionary uh, to pastors, to be a pastor to pastors, and we are supporting him in that endeavor. They aren't leaving. They're not having to move to a different city. They're, this is going to be their headquarters. His wife, Ellie, is still going to be on our central support team overseeing uh, early childhood and elementary uh, in our KidWorks department, but he starts next week on a journey to raise his funds to become a full time missionary 
to pastors. And so last week, kind of last minute, I said, you know, Stephen, since uh, this is kind of your last week on staff and officially, uh, I'd love just to, to have you preach and encourage the people. So come on, Lufkin, Nacogdoches, Dybald Duncan, I'm asking you, would you stand to your feet and give the best welcome you can to Stephen Courtney? Thank you. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Love you guys. You could be seated. Wow. Uh, I tried really hard not to cry in first service. I'm going to keep trying this one. Uh, but guys, we, we love you so much. Love this church so very much. For those of you that I've known for years or those that are new, we love, love, love you guys. And I tell you what, these last eight years, almost eight years, have been the highlight of our 20-plus years of church ministry. It's been amazing. We've been at some incredible places, and Timber Creek is top-notch, and it has everything to do with you, with the people here. We love Lufkin, love Pastor Jeremy and this team. I, I said it in first service. There's so many times I sit around, and I think to myself, I, I hang out with some of the most amazing staff members and you guys, and I think, God, what did you do put me here? I mean, why did you put me here? I mean, these guys are amazing. What am I doing here? But I feel so blessed and so honored to be a part of this and so thankful that we're still going to be living here, still going to be here in Lufkin and still be a part of Timber Creek Church and my family. My kids are going to grow up here because this is no, nowhere else we'd want to be, and, uh, but excited about this new chapter of our life as God is leading us out to, to do something new. And uh, just cover your prayers uh, as we step into this. And uh, so as Pastor Jeremy said, uh, he, he asked me to preach today, and, and I began thinking about what in the world am I going to preach on on my last Sunday, uh, and, and, and I thought a lot about a lot of different things, but I just kept coming back to, I've got to preach about the mission of this church. I've got to preach about the mission of Timber Creek Church. How many of you, you know the mission or the vision of the church is to create community destinations where anyone can find and follow Jesus? Love that vision. It's a big vision, and it's great being a part of it to see, to seeing it happen and seeing it take place right here in East Texas. And the mission of our church, well, the mission is your God-given potential is our mission. And I love that. It's so amazing to see that, and it happens. It's so neat to be a part of it and be in your lives and, and hear the stories of how God is transforming you and transforming your kids and your marriages and your families and to see that truly, truly, that your God-given potential is, is growing and blossoming, and you guys are reaching that potential, and it's been awesome to be a part of that. And I want to preach about that this morning because um, mine is still being developed, just like you. I, I have a God-given potential just like you do, and these last couple years, God has been nudging me towards what we're stepping into. And it has a lot to do with, you know, we had a time here, but now my time is to step into this new God-given potential, and that's to minister and care for pastors, and I'm so excited about it. And, um, but here's the deal. I want to share with you guys. You've got two greatest days in your life, okay? The two greatest days in your life are the day that you were born, number one. Number two is the day that you discover why you were born, and we say it every week, whether it's me or another pastor that comes up on stage at the end of the message, after people make decisions for Christ and say, hey, that's the greatest decision that you'll ever make in your entire life, right? It's the greatest decision that you'll ever make. And then from there, right, you begin to live out the, the life that God has for you. After that, there's this great pursuit in your life is Jesus. The greatest pursuit of your life after saying yes to him should be Jesus. 
If I can say anything to you today, is chase Jesus, pursue Jesus. It's worth it, right? And it's to chase him in his character, conduct, and convictions. As we say it uh, all the time, we wanna discover your God-given potential for your life. Again, you have potential. Every single one of you that's here today, you have a God-given potential. Maybe you're here for the very first time, and it's true for you too. God has this incredible potential for your life, and we wanna be a part of helping you discover that and live out that potential in your life. Our goal after saying yes to Jesus, though, should not be just to exist. Right? It should not be to just say, okay, I've made the greatest decision I've ever made in my entire life, but now, now I'm just gonna play, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna hang out, and I'm gonna wait till heaven. Heaven's gonna be great. Heaven's gonna be awesome. But that's not what God has for you to just hang out till then, right? It's not to just sit around and wait for heaven. No, it's to pursue your God-given potential. It's to pursue Jesus and to pursue that God-given potential that he has for your life. And you know, there's so many different examples of this in scripture, um, but I love Abraham in, in, in the Old Testament, and we're gonna look there real quick, in Genesis chapter 12, and actually it's not Abraham yet, it's Abram, right? He later becomes Abraham, and if you've been around church at all, or you've, you've read the, uh, some of these stories before, you find out that Abraham's a pretty important guy. He becomes the father of many nations, the father of our faith, and God does these incredible, incredible things in and through his life. And uh, he's not perfect, he's human just like we are. We see some of the ups and downs, but God does some incredible things, what? Through his God-given potential. And it all starts in Genesis chapter 12. So let me read this to you. The Lord had said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. So let me stop there for a second. That sounds fun, right? Leave everything, <laughs> leave, leave everyone that you know, leave your family, leave everything that's familiar and comfortable to you, and hey, you're gonna start walking. I'm not telling you where you're going yet, okay? By the way, uh, I don't, I, you don't know it yet, but just start going, right? How many of you, that, that would be kind of challenging. That would be a little bit scary, but that's what he's saying to Abram here. Verse two, it says, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous and you will be a blessing to others. And I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. And in verse four, Abraham, so Abram departed. So he just, he left, he did it. He actually did it, right? He departed as the Lord had instructed and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. So today is about this. Again, it's about the mission of this church, your God-given potential is our mission. And more importantly, I wanna to speak to you about the pursuit of your God-given potential. Just like Abram had been presented with this, 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 this uh, adventure for him from God, he had a choice. It was up to him. You know, he, he was like, am I just gonna sit around and wait for heaven? Or am I gonna pursue? Am I gonna be in pursuit of this God-given potential, this calling, this plan that God has for my life? And I believe that there's a lot of us sitting here today, God, that, or guys, that, that, that you're in the same spot. You're in the same place. You're feeling the same way that you're like, I've got a relationship with the Lord, but I'm scared. I'm scared, it seems too big, it seems too scary, it seems too complicated. But God wants you to pursue. I love that word pursue because what? It's a verb, it's an action word. God wants us to truly pursue him and pursue our God-given potential. There's another verse, uh, here's a warning for us, okay? 
verse, uh, it's John 10, 10 in the New Testament where Jesus is speaking and he says this, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus is, is, is sharing that, that verse with us and, and if we stopped right there, that would be a little bit depressing, wouldn't it? Uh, but it doesn't stop there. It goes on to say, but I have come that they might have life and have it to the full, amen? And that's what I want. I want a full life. I don't wanna just sit around and wait for heaven as great as it's gonna be. I want life full now here on earth and that involves me pursuing my God-given potential. That's why I'm stepping out to do what I'm doing and I want the same for you. I want the same for your kids. But here's the deal, we have a thief, we have an enemy, we have the devil who he wants to steal, kill, and destroy your life. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy my life, right? I, I love when Pastor Jeremy says, and it's the reality, it's the truth, that there's no God-sized devil, right? The same devil that's trying to kill, steal, and destroy your life is coming after your kids, coming after your family, coming after your business, coming after your employees. You name it, he's coming after us. And honestly, guys, the enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy your God-given potential. He wants to steal it. He wants to kill it. He wants to kill that dream because if he can get you as a believer just to sit around and wait till heaven, then he's got you right where he wants you. But God has a different plan. He's got a God-given potential for all of us. So what does this look like, this pursuit of your God-given potential? Well, first off, as I said, there's some en enemies of our pursuit. Let's talk about that first. There's enemies to the pursuit of going after your God-given potential. The first one is comfort right? We love comfort, right? In fact, let's be honest, we're addicted to comfort, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with being comfortable. In fact, I, I, I welcome a few seasons of comfortableness. You know, as, as crazy as life can be, having three kids and as busy as we are every once in a while, I want things to be a little bit even keel and calm and steady and a little bit comfortable. And that's not a bad thing, but the problem is, is that if we spend too much time in our comfort, Eventually, it turns into a comfort zone, and we get way too comfortable there, where I believe that the enemy can lull us to sleep, and what happens is we get held captive. You get held captive in that comfortable comfort zone if we're not careful, and here's the reality. People would rather be miserable than uncomfortable, right? Why? Because we're afraid of change, aren't we? How many of you just love change, right? So we just don't love change. We love things to be the way they are. We like things to, to be comfortable and stay the way they are, but up to the point that sometimes we would rather just be miserable than to embrace being a little bit uncomfortable. And I can tell you right now, if you're gonna go after and pursue your God-given potential, there's gonna be some moments where you're a little bit uncomfortable, but it's okay because God's in control, right? We'd rather be miserable, why? Because, well, we can see through that, right? because we know what to expect. But change, change is uncomfortable. That means that I have to learn something new. It means I have to do something new. It may mean that I have to go somewhere new, and we don't like that. But yet that might be where God's leading us through our God-given potential. We have to ask ourselves the question, what am I really clinging to? What am I, well, let me rephrase that. What am I losing by clinging to my comfort? We cling to that comfort but we have to ask ourselves, what are we actually losing by clinging to that comfort? What am I missing out on because we're so committed to avoiding the pain and the discomfort that comes with, with change and getting out of our comfort zone? There's moments in life where we have to leave the nest of our comfort 
pursue our God-given potential and discover what God has designed for us. And yes, there, there will be change along the way. There will be some failure, but guess what? Failure is not final. Yes, we might smack the rocks of doubt and opposition and challenges a few times on our way down as we jump out of the nest, but what we learn along the way and what God develops in us is truly, truly priceless. So comfort can be an enemy to the pursuit of our God-given potential. The second thing, the second enemy here is safety. Instead of playing to win, we, we play not to lose. Um, in fact, uh, this illustration was given to me between services and I love it. Um, in 1998 at the Winter Olympics, a young 14-year-old Tara Lipinski won figure skating gold medal, right? And that was pretty, pretty much a shock. But the biggest shock is that, not that she won, it's because Michelle Kwan didn't win and she was the favorite. She was like the national champion. She was supposed to win gold, but she didn't. This 14-year-old 14 14-year-old 14 girl beat her out. And when the commentator, commentator mentioned this, this is why she won. Uh, Tara won because she came to win. Michelle lost because she came just not to lose. And we live our life that way sometimes. We like to be safe. We don't play to win, we just play not to lose. And I love what pastor and author Mark Batterson said. He, in many of his books, he's got this manifesto. It says, quit living as if the purpose of life is to arrive safely at death. Man, that's a strong statement. The purpose of our lives is not to play it safe. It's not to just sit around and wait for heaven. It is to pursue that God-given potential and be used by God. Now we gotta use wisdom, right? Let's have the right people around us. Proverbs 15, 22, it tells us, plans fail for a lack of counsel, but with many advisors, we succeed, right? Just make sure that those advisors, those people in your life, that they're the Holy Spirit, that they're the right people, the right voices that are not holding you back, but with wisdom, they are your biggest cheerleaders, and, and they are rooting you on in the pursuit of your God-given potential. But what if I fail? Right? Hey, I've, I've done this before, man, and, and I've failed, and, and I don't wanna go through the pain of that again. I, I just wanna play it safe. Well, if your goal in life is to just be, I don't want to fail, then I'm sorry, but you've got a bad goal. <laughs> you will fail, and you can learn from it. We can fail forward, and we can continue pursuing our God-given potential. So safety can be an enemy into the pursuit of our God-given potential. The third fear, uh, enemy is fear. There's that four-letter four bad word, right? Fear. Fear can be an enemy to our God-given potential. While fear is a normal human emotion that we all experience, it helps us, it alerts us to when there's danger, it, uh, it helps us from the threat of harm, but guess what? It also, fear can also cripple us. It can totally cripple us. Sure, there's moments when fear is useful, but most of the time, Fear is a terrible liar. Fear is a terrible counselor. And we allow fear to counsel us. We allow fear to continue to be replayed in our minds. The enemy uses fear to keep us from pursuing our God-given potential. And we've gotta overcome fear. Successful people are good at overcoming fear in order to do what they need to do or to do what they're called to do. But here's the deal. Of course, that doesn't mean that they're not scared, right? When we're fear, I mean, we're, we're human. We're gonna be fearful. We're gonna be scared at times. But it's not that they're just scared. They're, they're, they're brave. It's okay to be scared. It's okay to have fear when you're, you're going after God and you're going after the dreams that God's given you. There's a big difference between being scared and being brave. And God is calling us 
to be brave. Fear can be this annoying voice that you hear in your head constantly playing a soundtrack of why you can't do something, why you shouldn't pursue your God-given potential. Fear whispers in our ear, well, what if this happens and what if that happens? The question is, is who will you listen to? Are you gonna listen to the Lord or are you gonna listen to that soundtrack of fear over and over again? I love what Craig Rochelle said about this. He said, just maybe what I feared the most revealed where I trusted God the least. And I know fear is a reality, but God wants us to trust him and push through that fear and hear his voice louder than the fear. The next enemy to our God-given potential is excuses, right? Uh, in this passage that we read from Genesis chapter 12, Abram, he could have come up with lots of excuses. I mean, the guy was 75 years old. He could have looked at God and said, look, man, I'm, I'm 25. I'm not 25 anymore. I'm 75, right? I don't know if I can do this. Are you sure about this? Are you sure you got the right guy? He could have had so many excuses, and it sounds a lot like us, doesn't it? We can come up with all kinds of excuses all the time about why we can't do this or that. Excuses can keep us from what God has for us. Well, I'm not talented enough. I'm not like him or her. I, uh, this just really isn't a good time for me, Lord. There's no way that I can, I can do this or do that. I'm too old, I'm too young. Lord, I, I just don't have the resources right now. Some of these are the excuses that I've used for the last year or so when God, I felt God leading us to step out in faith and do this, like the resources. Like, God, I'm, I'm not 25, I'm 44, I've got three kids at home, I got one about to go to college, and you want me to raise my own funds to step out in faith and do this? This is crazy. But we can't allow these excuses to keep us from our God-given potential. There's way too many examples in the scriptures of men and women who could have used excuses, but they didn't. They didn't, and God used them anyway. And what's awesome about that is they pushed past the excuses, and God did amazing things through them, and it brought more glory to God. Not to them, it brought more glory to God. He loves to use the things that everybody else overlooks. He loves to use us that everybody else overlooks and thinks there's no way God could do something with him or her but he can, and he loves to do that. He loves that, that underdog story, amen? I'm thankful for that. Another enemy is indecision. Indecision can be an enemy in the pursuit of our God-given potential. Here's the reality, indecision and no decision, guess what, it's a decision. <laughs> it's a decision. And you know what indecision does? It, it paralyzes you. It paralyzes you. We can, uh, we can be guilty of overthinking what God is showing us when he's like, hey, I'm, I'm gonna take care of you. You can trust me. I'm faithful. Don't overthink this. Indecision becomes these, these blinders that are over our eyes, and instead of pursuing our God-given potential, we get stuck in the mud of indecision, and we're just paralyzed. And the scary thing is, is the longer that we sit in that indecision, the harder it's gonna be to get out and to get moving, right? God never intended you and I to stay where we started, and I'm thankful for that. But see, these enemies, these enemies of, of our God-given potential are trying to distract us, trying to get us to just hang out and hang around and be ineffective and wait till we get to, wait till we get to heaven. When God has so much more he wants to do in and through your life and my life, right? 
You know, I hate it when people say that, uh, if you've been in starting point for years, you probably heard me say this a time or two, but I hate it when people say following Jesus and being a Christian is boring. Um, Here's the deal, we make it boring. (laughs) You and I make it boring really in reality because when we are fully surrendered and submitted to the Lord, and we're following him, and we're being obedient to where he's leading us, and we're chasing him, and chasing our God-given potential, it's a wild ride. It is a wild ride. And there's been moments where I'm like, God, haven't I done enough already? You really need me to do this, right? I've been in church ministry for 20 years. We've lived all over. We went to France one time and did the missions thing. That was a, that was a challenge, right? And, and, and do you really need us to do this too? But he's not done. He's not done, and until, he's, until I'm in heaven, I wanna have a heartbeat that chases after my God-given potential and for what Jesus has for us. I read earlier, John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they might have life and have it to the full, and I want a full life. I know you want a full life, and when we are chasing our God-given potential, it's a full life. Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to help you just relax and hang out till heaven comes, right? No, that's, that's not how it goes. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Those of you that are scared, I get it. You're fearful, I get it. His plan is not to harm you. If he's calling you, he'll equip you. If he's leading you, he'll take care of you. It goes on to say plans to give you a hope and a future, a future that's with that God-given potential. So just as there's enemies to, this, to our pursuit of God, our God-given potential, there's also these essential keys to that pursuit. And I wanna end today with sharing a few of these keys of pursuit. If we'll embrace these keys to pursuit, to pursuing our God-given potential, it's gonna make an incredible impact, not only in our lives, but to those around us and the world around us. So here we go, number one, the first key to pursuing your God-given potential is risk, right? We've gotta take some risk, and that could be scary. I think about Abram in this passage. Let me read verse one again. The Lord had said to Abram, leave your native country your relatives, and your father's family, and go. Go to the land that I will show you. That takes some risk to just say, okay, I'm gonna leave everything and everyone that I know that's familiar to me and follow you, God. I don't know where I'm going. You haven't even told me where I'm going, but I'm gonna do it. That's, that takes a lot of risk. And I believe for you and I, the greatest risk that we can take is to not take any risk at all. And a lot of times we live our life not willing to take those risks, even when God's making it clear to us that it's time to do it. When we take risk, we demonstrate our faith in God. And that's the key to risk, taking risk. Faith is the key to taking risk. You've gotta have faith. You've gotta put your faith and your hope in the Lord. And faith is such a vital part of our relationship with God. Guess what else faith is? Faith is risky business. If you've been following the Lord and you put your faith in him and step out, it's risky business. It embraces uncertainty, no matter how uncomfortable that is for us. I love Hebrews chapter 11, verse one. It says, faith is the confidence of what we hope for and the assurance about what we do not see. It's this idea that I don't know where God's leading me and taking me, but I'm gonna trust him in faith. I'm gonna step out in faith anyway. And this is so uncomfortable for us because we don't know how it's gonna turn out. Most of us want an absolute guarantee that before I step out, that everything's gonna work out okay. God, that's great. You want me to go do that? Okay, give me A, B, C, and D. Go ahead and email that to me, uh, text it to me, and and then I'll let you know, and I'll be good to go, right? Anybody else like that? I'm, I'm, I'm like that. 
But God doesn't work that way. That eliminates faith out of the picture. We want that, that 100% money back guarantee that everything's gonna work out just the way we think it should work out when God has his own plans. The problem with that is, is it takes faith out of the picture and faith is such an important ingredient. Taking risk is like I said earlier, it's like a real leap of faith. It's like jumping out of the nest. When I was talking about comfort, it's like literally taking that step and just jumping out of the nest and trusting the Lord that he's gonna catch us, that he's gonna take care of us, that everything's gonna be okay. And uh, during this process over the last year or two, one of my, coll my college roommate, a buddy of mine, sent me a video to encourage me. When I first watched it, I thought, you're nuts, man. <laughs> but this, this video, he sent it to me. Let me set it up for you. It's, it's a video of these little birds that have just been born somewhere around the world. They're way up in the mountains. They're like geese. And the little babies, they have to learn to get out of the nest quickly because if they don't, predators will get them in the nest. And so basically in the first day or two of their life, they basically have to leap out of the nest and learn how to fly. And so let's watch this video of what this experience is like. One last kick. launch and a controlled drop this is as good a descent as it's possible to make Its parents are there to meet it. A little dazed, perhaps, but all in one piece. Everybody say, whoo, he made it. <laughs> when my friend sent me that, I was like, gee, what are you trying to tell me, man? <laughs> no, it's, it's funny, but at the same time, man, God calls us to take some risk. And if we're not careful, if we stay in the nest of comfort um, and familiarity, um, we, we don't reach our God-given potential. 
We don't get to pursue that God-given potential. And sometimes it feels a lot like that. Sometimes it feels like we're jumping off the cliff and we're trusting. I love that the mom and, mom and dad were there to meet him at the bottom, right? And that's, sometimes we smack the rocks of opposition and doubt and challenges along the way. But God is always there and he's always faithful. And if, again, if he has called you, then he's gonna be with you when you take the risk to step out and pursue your God-given potential. As I said earlier, the enemy of fear creeps in and begins whispering in our ear all the reasons why that risk is not worth it. But faith, faith is the antidote to fear. We overestimate the size of the risk that's in front of us many times, and we underestimate the perfect love that God, of God that drives out all fear. Each of us here today as followers of Jesus have God-given potential to pursue. And God is calling us to take some risk. He loves us. He's calling us. He will equip us. The question is, will you take the risk? And so what's that risk for you? Is it finishing that degree? Is it starting the degree? Is it starting that business that you always wanted to start it, but you've just been scared to do it? Is it leading a group here at Timber Creek Church? Is it serving on a dream team for the first time? Or getting back on a dream team? Is it being a team leader, a, a team coach on a dream team? Is it following God's call into full-time, part-time ministry as a pastor or a missionary? You fill in the blank. Where do you need to take the risk? And I used to say this as well in starting point all the time. We can come up with all kinds of reasons of why we can't take the risk and how we're not good enough or how we're disqualified. But if God can turn fishermen into disciples and shepherd, little shepherd boys into kings and he can take a Southeast Texas redneck kid from both Beaumont, Texas and put him in full-time church ministry for over 20 years, I guarantee you he can use you too, every single one of you in this room. But it's only if we're willing to take the risk when he instructs us to get up and to go. So that's the first key. The second key to pursuing our God-given potential is obedience, right? Obedience is, is so key in the pursuit of our God-given potential. How many of you just get so excited when you hear the word obedience? <laughs> it's real quiet in here. Yeah, I don't know about Nacogdoches or online, but it's quiet in here, right? We, we don't love that word. It's not something we get excited about, right? Especially our kids uh, when we say obedience. Obedience can be difficult. It can be hard. And it requires a deep commitment, but I'm telling you, it has incredible benefits when we're fully obedient. And it's a major key to you pursuing your God-given potential. Here's some facts about obedience. Obedience is the key condition of our relationship with God. Let's start there. In fact, his lordship demands obedience. The scriptures talk about that. It's through obedience that you fulfill his commands. We must submit to him as Lord. Well, what are you saying, Pastor Stephen? What that means is that true obedience, in true obedience, we, sub, sub, we su, uh, should submit everything we are to him. Everything? Yes, everything. He owns it all. He has to have our whole heart, not just portions of your heart, not just the easy stuff, but the dark, the good, the bad, the ugly. We've gotta, we've gotta surrender and submit all of that to him, all of it. That's what lordship means. It means that he is Lord over every aspect of my life. In Luke chapter six, verse 46, Jesus poses this question. He says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and yet you don't, you don't do what I tell you to do, right? Sounds like a parent <laughs> telling their kids, right? See, the truth is everybody wants a savior. 
Amen? We love that. We need a savior. Thank, thank the Lord that he has saved us from our sins. If we accept that, if we choose that, right? But not everybody wants a Lord. Because Lord means he can have it all. Right? We want a savior, but we don't always want a Lord. He is, he, if he is truly Lord, then we have to be fully obedient. Then he is first in every aspect of our lives. He must be before your ambitions, before friendships and relationships, before family, even before life itself. His lordship over you must take precedence over your wants, desires, and needs. Everybody say, ouch. Ouch, right? I didn't mean to step on your toes today, but this, that's just the reality. That's the truth of obedience, right? Another fact of obedience is that uh, it, it walks hand in hand with trust, I love that. Hand, uh, hand in hand with trust, trust and obey, right? I love the old hymn of the church, trust and obey. It reminds us of this. It says, but we never can prove the delights of his love until all on the altar we lay for the favor he shows and the joy he bestows are for them who will trust and obey. Our obedience is proven by our outward conduct and how we trust him with everything, every part of our life. You prove your trust in God when you obey him and you obey his word. The final fact of obedience is this, it brings blessing. It brings blessing. We see this in the scripture that we read about Abram, right? I love how it shows us that in chapter 12 of Genesis. God presents him with an opportunity, Abram, to pursue his God-given potential. And if he's obedient, there is great blessing. It says, I will bless you and make you famous and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. That's a pretty big deal. But that blessing comes through what? Through obedience. So what you're saying, Pastor Stephen, is if I'm fully obedient, that I'm gonna get rich and I have everything I want, sign me up, right? That's not exactly what I'm saying. No, right? It's about the motives of your heart. We are obedient to pursue the Lord and our God-given potential because I am fully surrendered and, and know that his path for me is greater than any desire that I have or I want. It's putting aside my wishes and my wants and my desires because I know no matter what it costs me, the obedience to follow Jesus is so much more worth it and it brings so much more blessing than I could ever make up on my own. That's a tough thing to know and learn, but it's, it's so true in our relationship with the Lord. So obedience is a key, key part of your pursuit of your God-given potential. Number three, finally, this is the last one. The final key to your pursuit of your God-given potential is courage. Right? We, gotta, we gotta have some courage, right? And I love in verse four of this passage, it says, so Abram departed. Whoa, wait a second, he did? He, he, he actually did it? Yeah, he did. He had the courage to take that first step and just start following the Lord and following his God-given potential. I love that. One of our favorite movies as a family is We Bought a Zoo. And maybe you've seen that movie before. It's based on the true story where the actor Matt Damon uh, plays the role of a British writer and father, Benjamin Me. And he ends up buying this failing zoo, this zoo that's just a mess and he does that while he's coming to terms with the fact that he's a widower and he's a single dad now and he's just trying to figure everything out and he buys this zoo. And in one of the scenes, he's sitting with his son and, and he gives, gives us an unforgettable line that I just love. He says, sometimes all you need is 20 seconds of insane courage, right? Love that. I've always loved that line. And honestly, it's been true for me in my life too. 
When it comes to pursuing my God-given potential and following the Lord, sometimes I just need that 20 seconds of insane courage because it's tough. Now, it might take me a long time to lead me up to that first step, but man, when it happens, I just need 20 seconds to make that first step. And that's for some of us too. There have been moments that I knew the Lord was, was making things clear and that I, need, I, that I needed to step forward and take that step, but I just lacked the courage to take that first step. But I just needed 20 seconds of insane courage to do that. I'm convinced this morning that the only thing between you and the plan God has for you is a step of courage. One courageous step may be the only thing between you and your dream becoming a real reality. Your God-given potential becoming a real reality. I believe that's all it took crazy old Peter is 20 seconds of insane courage to step out of that boat and try walking to Jesus, right? 20 seconds. I believe young David, right, on that field, loved the story of him fighting Goliath. And all it took him was 20 seconds of insane courage with his little old slingshot to run. I love that the scripture says he ran to Goliath on that field and defeated him. He needed 20 seconds of insane courage to run to him. That's about how long it took me to respond to surrendering my life to Jesus when I was 13. Just 20 seconds to say, okay, yes, I'll do it, God. I'll do it. That's about how long it took me to have the courage to call Ellie uh, when I was in college, to pick up the phone and make that phone call, right? To ask her out on a date. It took about 20 seconds of insane courage to do that. And I'm super glad that I did. Again, we, we've discussed all the enemies that keep us from the pursuit of our God-given potential. The idea of chasing your calling and chasing the dreams that God has for you, your potential that he has for you can be very scary for some of us. But you know what scares me the most? And let me tell you guys, I, this has been a season of being scared for me. I, I love Timber Creek. I love being on this team. There's no better church, there's no better staff, no better pastor than where we're at right now. I believe that with all my heart. I, I have learned so much and I'm so glad that I still get to be here just to hang out with them and continue to learn from them. But I'm, I'm scared. It's a step of faith for me and my family. But you know what scares me the most is missing out on what God has for me and my family. And if you don't hear anything else this morning, hear this. Let our fear of missing out on God's plan be greater than our fear of stepping out in faith. Please, that's my heart for you this morning. That's my heart for all of us this morning. Making the decision to pursue your God-given potential starts with one step of faith. It's often the longest, hardest, scariest step that you'll take, but take it. It takes courage to take that first step. And when we make a move that's motivated by God and led by our God, you know, following our God-given potential, I love this, it moves the heart and the hand of God because he's in it, because he's called us to it. And guess what, he provides, he takes care of us. He makes a way where nobody else can make a way. Amen? I wanna pray for you this morning as we close. I wanna pray a couple prayers. Why don't you go ahead and just close your eyes, bow your heads here in Nacogdoches online. We would love for you to pray with us as well. I wanna pray this. First and foremost, for anyone here today that Maybe you've never asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior of your life. Or maybe you did years ago, but you've kind of walked away from your relationship with him and you've kind of drifted. We're all can be guilty of that, but you've drifted from that relationship with God and you're, you're realizing, you know what? Maybe my first step of obedience today, the first step of courage I need to take 
is to surrender my life to Jesus for the first time or maybe a fresh time. It's saying, you know what? I've tried doing things on my own. I've tried to sit on the throne of my life and my heart and run the show and it's not working out. Maybe it's time I let Jesus have, have, have the throne and sit where he belongs and try it that way. And if that's you this morning, maybe you're sitting here and you've never made that decision, we would love for you to raise your hand because we'd love to pray for you this morning. If that's you this morning, you wanna make a commitment for the first time or the first time in a long time, would you simply just raise your hand so I can pray with you this morning? Thank you. Thank you, guys. Let's pray this morning. God, that's the most important step. That's the first and most important decision that we ever make is to say yes to you. And so God, this morning, as those that have raised their hand, God, we thank you for that. And God, I pray that they would just have an overwhelming peace, God, of your presence this morning. That God, that what you said is done. God, that what you did on the cross for us is done, is complete, God, and they recognize that. And God, they wanna surrender their life to you for you to take away their sins so that they might live with you, God. And God, that you would begin to lead and direct their life, Lord. Forgive us for, for our sins. Forgive us for, for kind of sitting on the throne of our own life and heart. God, we're ready for you to do that. We're ready for you to lead us. So God, forgive us. Come into our life. Make us different. Make us whole. Amen. The second prayer that I wanna pray is just for all of us. Because for some of you, maybe, maybe you're pursuing that God-given potential and things are great. And then maybe some of you here this morning, you're hearing this for the first time and you're like, who, me? Does God truly have something for me? Yes, he does. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter your age in this room. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter how much you've messed up. You're not disqualified. Maybe it was something that God gave you years and years and years ago, but you were too scared to step out and trust him with it. And now you're wondering, can he still really do that? It might look a little bit different, but guess what? If you have breath in your lungs today, God's not done with you. You still have God-given potential until the day you stand with him in eternity. And God wants you to pursue that. And I wanna pray over you this morning. Is that okay? Let's pray this morning. God, for all of us here today, thank you that you love us, that you died for us, but God, thank you also that God, you didn't die for us just to sit around and wait till heaven. You died so that we, uh, you died for us because you love us. But God, you also, uh, you want us to have this new life, God, so that we can begin to pursue the God-given potential that you have for our life. And I just pray against the lies of the enemy today, God whether it's just this morning or whether it's been for decades, the enemy has been saying to some of them, God, that they're not, that they're not qualified. They're not this, they're not that. And we just pray that the lies of the enemy would be silenced today. And God, that every single one of us, whatever that potential is, that we would pursue it and go after you, God, because it's worth every step of it. It's worth letting go of things, God, to embrace what you have for us. One of the greatest quotes that I've loved all since I was a teenager is to give all that you ask and take all that you promise. And that's true in this case too. God, help us to give all of what we have, offer it to you, our lives and everything, God, and put aside our wants, hopes, and desires and take all that you have promised for us and help us, God, follow you and trust you and, and walk this crazy journey and adventure of going after our God-given potential. And God, I know if we'll do that, there's gonna be untold stories in this room. There's gonna be lives, just as it was for Abram, 
that not only was he blessed, God, but his descendants were blessed. Others were blessed because of his obedience. And I pray the same for all of us today, God, that we're blessed because of it, but also, God, that it has an effect on so many other people around us because of our obedience to pursue you and to chase after you and chase our God-given potential. In Jesus' name, amen, amen.